0: You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Live Free Now show. Bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Uh-oh. today we are going to be talking about medication. vaccines and the prospect of vaccines being made mandatory, or the more likely route, social engineering being utilized in order to compel compliance with the COVID nineteen vaccine. So, of course, we're in the midst of this. Pandemic, plandemic, scamdemic, and all the while the public has been primed and pumped and pushed to just hail the release of a COVID-19 vaccine. There's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of fear surrounding COVID, and people are kind of foaming at the mouth to get this vaccine so life can go back to normal, air quotes for the podcast audience. But of course, we now hear from more air quotes, the health experts that even as the vaccine rolls out, there will still be the need for social distancing and masks for quite some time. So I don't know, it's a big scam. But I did realize early on that, you know, there's a multi purpose to this COVID stuff that's taking place, the organic stuff that's taking place, but then it's being leveraged by multiple different parties and factions course the great reset which we'll talk about in a little bit but it's also it seems more and more like it's a giant marketing campaign for the vaccine companies and for the pharmaceutical companies so this is all fresh on everyone's mind and there's already a growing anti-vax movement which has the establishment public health and the pharmaceutical industry is already all up in arms and having to react um And there's been some polls and surveys that showed perhaps 40% of people aren't going to take the COVID vaccine. I would argue it's probably more. Now, bear in mind, the COVID vaccine is experimental. It was rushed. Usually this type of thing takes two, four years. Uh, A lot of regulatory hurdles were moved out of the way. So there are people that may be in favor of vaccine or that give their children vaccines or that take the flu vaccine, but they're a little more hesitant because of the type of new technology being used with this vaccine, but there is a lot of talk about will the COVID-19 vaccine be mandatory. As we're going to cover in this video, it looks more and more like the mechanisms that are going to be utilized are going to be social engineering, taking away privileges, air quote, privileges. Taking away privileges from people to compel them and pressure them and push them. And in this video, we're going to cover that, but we're going to spend more time talking about solutions and how we can, through entrepreneurship, through agorist markets, through freedom cells, through helping one another, through not relying on the big centralized, big business, big box institutions, we can create alternatives. So if they try to shut us out, if they... If an employer tries to make you stop working with them unless you take a vaccine, we can effectively have business as usual. We can keep on keeping on. So Lara here that's watching on Facebook says it actually takes seven to 10 years to to produce a vaccine. So this is unheard of what was accomplished with Operation Warp Speed. And of course, Trump's talking about utilizing the military to roll out the vaccines. Uh, Before we go any further, I want to invite you over to uh, livefreenow.show, livefreenow.show, where you can subscribe to the podcast. As I said before, I strongly believe as they roll out the vaccine, there's going to be a whole nother campaign of censorship and people that speak out against the vaccine that encourage people not to take the vaccine, they are going to be Censored, labeled, misinformation, taken off of social media. We saw before 2016, before 2020, there was a wave having to do with the presidential election. So I strongly encourage you to follow me over here at livefreenow.show. You can subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, and uh, keep in touch that way. And as soon as you go over to the website, there's a pop-up, and we'd love to keep in touch with you via email. As I know in my marketing world with my business, email is type of marketing that you control. So it can't be taken away. It can't be shut down on, on social media. So please check us out there. All right. Also check out the conscious You may be watching this on Facebook at the conscious resistance page or on the conscious resistance.com live stream. That's actually embedded on the website. Definitely can't take that away, but I invite you to check out conscious resistance on hive on library on bit and uh, follow the work of derek bros and myself and a few others there as well all right so i have some articles that i want to share with you uh hold on i got the double feet going on here oh welcome everyone watching on d live as well it looks like we have a couple dozen folks 19 people that are watching on d live the conscious resistance d live so thank you for tuning in there as well okay let me hit up some articles to kind of just paint the picture of where we're going And why I believe it's more likely that they're going to be using this social engineering uh, program and paradigm here. So let me pull this up here. Okay, so this is an article from, just to start painting the picture here, from Reuters. Uh, Most of these vaccines, if not all of them, all the big ones for COVID, the manufacturer is going to be exempt from liability. Right. This is already seems to be the case in general. Whenever there's claims, there's like these vaccine pseudo courts. And whenever there's claims of harm from a vaccine, it's not the pharmaceutical company that pays the victims. It's this vaccine court. At the end of the day, it ends up being the taxpayer that pays the victims. But of course, it's going to be no different with covid. In fact, there's probably going to be even more liability protections because it's all part of this deal where things are being rushed. But anyways, the article is AstraZeneca to be exempt from coronavirus vaccine liability claims in most countries. AstraZeneca has been granted protection from future product liability claims related to its COVID-19 vaccine, hopeful by most of the countries with which it has struck supply agreements, a senior executive told Reuters. Now look what else he says. This is an executive from the company. This is a unique situation where we as a company simply cannot take the risk if in four years the vaccine is showing side effects. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about the vaccine or why you shouldn't take the vaccine. I'm not an expert on all that stuff, but I do just want to point out to folks that there's not going to be liability that these companies are going to be able to get off scot-free if there are problems. So I don't think that's setting such a a good stage here. All right, let me see what else we got going here. So this is New York Post. This is something that Derek Bros brought to my attention in a video that he did yesterday. Moderna Boss says COVID-19 vaccine not proven to stop the spread of the virus. Uh-oh, something's tweaking out because I'm sharing my screen here. Moderna's Madonna, coronavirus may not get life back to normal right away because it hasn't yet proven to prevent the spread of the coronavirus all right i'm having a major glitz here there we go so <laughs> the you could take the vaccine and there's not even it hasn't even been proven yet which is what you're supposed to do whenever you run all of these trials right again I, we know that it was it was rushed but you're supposed to have some sort of evidence, have some sort of proof that it's going to help slow the transmission. That's part of the deal. So I guess the only thing that they're fighting for now is to get to get immunity. But then once you have immunity, you could still spread the virus. So that's no bueno. All right, NPR, vaccine expert. Now, if, if this wasn't enough, the fact that there's going to be no liability, the fact that the virus could still spread, the fact that there has been quite a few big problems that people have experienced during some of these trials. This is NPR and the headline vaccine expert. Once a COVID vaccine is available, don't overthink it. Don't wait. As coronavirus cases continue to surge both in the U S and around the world, there's promising news on the vaccine front. Pharmaceutical companies, Pfizer, Moderna, and more recently AstraZeneca have all announced that their vaccines have shown better than expected result results. Now, check this out. Uh, This is what this expert says. One of the questions that I'm asked all the time is, hey, doc, which vaccine are you waiting for? And the answer is I'm going to take any of those vaccines that's made available to me. That's authorized by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Don't overthink it. Don't wait. Get what vaccine you can. So we can see that they're already priming the general public to just rush in to a vaccine vaccine to not overthink it, to not think for themselves, right? In spite of the fact that these vaccine companies are shielded from liability, in spite of the fact that they're already anticipating the potential risk of problems four years down the road. So it's clear there seems to be, even though there's record fear and anxiety and the general public, the masses seem to have bought this agenda hook, line and sinker with the fear and fear of the other and wash your hands religiously and all this crazy OCD stuff going on. In spite of all that, it's not everybody, I should say. There are people that are standing up and resisting and Donald Trump love him or hate him. He really threw some, even though he's like pushing the warp speed and it's like this weird paradox, he really did undermine a lot of the fear that The health authorities, the folks behind the Great Reset, a lot that they wanted people to have in their hearts. So it'd be easier to force obedience, easier to get people to accept lockdowns, businesses failing. But as we see all across the country, all across the globe, really, there's massive lockdown protests that have erupted. There's a video going around of this barbecue joint where they ran out the public health authorities and the sheriff's. And then now they're trying to open their place up again. And I saw it today. There's a huge protest festival going on. And there's this ring of cops around the building trying to protect the building, essentially protect the health order to keep the building closed while the guys that run the place want to go open it up. And there's all these patrons there. It's, it's nuts. But in spite of all of that fear, there are a lot of people that are skeptical. And there's going to be a significant amount of people that don't take the vaccine. Another thing that's already being primed in the talking points and the vaccine faithful, they say that if not enough people get the vaccine, then we can't effectively have herd immunity. Right. And then, then there's this other funny irony that people that are all freaked out about COVID and that want you to follow the science, they are anticipating herd immunity through the vaccine. Right. So herd immunity through using vaccines is the cat's pajamas. And we can get through this public health crisis by pursuing herd immunity through the vaccine. But when it comes to natural organic herd immunity, like what we see is probably happening in Sweden, right? That's impossible. That's conspiracy. Follow the science, trust the health experts, right? Rather than it happening natural, naturally, which early on was an insight that I had on one of my podcasts that I did about It was called like coronavirus problems and solutions. It seemed like the best policy rather than sheltering in and quarantining healthy people and destroying livelihoods and economies, leading to all sorts of indirect problems, arguably, which will create more harm, more death, more starvation, more anguish, more suffering than the COVID problem and negative outcomes as well. But the, it seemed like the best policy would be to shelter in, protect the vulnerable populations, and let healthy people. It's not just folks with, like, people without pre existing conditions, because there's people with pre existing conditions that are still in good shape, that take care of themselves, that have strong immune systems that are able to overcome this as well. But let folks just go mix it up. The virus is just going to keep continuing on. Tom Woods is doing excellent work right now. He just spoke to over 100 legislators that are part of this Young Americans for Liberty. Uh, organization and their state legislators. And he gave one of his talks about how lockdowns are causing doing more harm than good. He previously had given a talk at this Ron Paul event and it garnered tons of views. It was called like COVID hysteria or the COVID cult, something like that. He's done several of them and they're getting hundreds of thousands of views. Well, YouTube took it down of course, because his facts were just so damn hard hitting, I guess. Um, But, The lockdowns are terrible policy and people are more and more aware of that. And herd immunity seems to be one of the best policies that a nation state or political jurisdiction could adopt because the virus is going to virus. And that's what Tom is showing in his his lectures. It's going to spread. There's even an article in the L.A. Times that was like even though people are still complying and the mask mandate is still, people are complying with the mask mandate over like 88% of the people in the country are said to be complying with the mask mandate. And there's cities and States like California that are hardcore lockdown. The virus is still spreading. Nonetheless, the virus is going to virus. That's what they do. So the policies are all absolutely nuts, but what I was getting at is the natural herd immunity could certainly be a better policy than relying on vaccines to do that. But we see is that the health experts the COVID cult, as Tom Woods would call it, are really hoping that a significant portion of the population take this COVID vaccine. We see the general that's in charge of Operation Warp Speed gave a press conference saying that we are going to vaccinate all Americans. Joe Biden, I think it was on Thanksgiving uh, said that all Americans are going to receive this vaccine so they're already pushing for this. That's what their goal is. So the question is, how are they going to get from here to there in spite of the fact, like we already talked about, that there's a significant portion of the American public that do not want to take the vaccine? And that ranges on the spectrum from like hardcore anti-vaxxers like Dell Tree, you know, and a bunch of folks I'm friends with on social media and people that go to protests and rallies and that don't even vaccinate their kids at all. That's part of this group. And then there's a significant number of people that are everyday Americans that are reasonable folks that that mainly go with mainstream medical norms. They are thinking about not doing it as well. There's people in my personal life that are somewhat mainstream and they're like, we're not going to take the vaccine. Again, it's experimental. It's this mRNA. It's being rushed. And so how are they going to overcome that? They being the public health authorities and all the. All these crazy bureaucrats that seem to just want to control everyone's lives. Well, they're all signs are pointing to uh, the mechanism of social engineering. So let me uh, pull this up. Now, I want to say I do not think that the number one mechanism is going to be mandatory vaccines as in. Coercing someone, the threat of jail time, the threat of a fine, right? It's going to be this indirect way, but I do believe that there are going to be some political jurisdictions Like Australia, for example, that already floated it and they kind of backpedaled. This article here is showing us the state bar passes mandatory COVID-19 vaccine recommendation. The state bar of New York State, of course, which is a terrible draconian hellhole right now. The resolution does not contain conditions, I'm sorry, the resolution does contain conditions limiting its scope. Those include that the state government should only consider making vaccinations mandatory if voluntary COVID-19 vaccinations fall short of producing needed levels of population immunity, that an assessment of one of the health threats to various communities be made so that perhaps the mandate can be targeted, and that a mandate only be considered after there is expert consensus, air quotes for the podcast audience, about the vaccine safety and efficacy. New York State Bar Association on Saturday passed a resolution urging the state to consider making it mandatory for all New Yorkers to undergo COVID-19 vaccination when a vaccine becomes available, even if people objected to it for their religious, philosophical or personal reasons. Okay, so that's one way that this is going to be played out. There could be some jurisdictions that are like hardcore uh, communists and controlling that that do end up mandating it. However, I think that's going to be the exception not the rule. This is a pretty thorough article on today. Will the COVID-19 vaccine be mandatory? What the law says. Can the government or your employer make the COVID-19 vaccine compulsory? Now, I just want to point out that a lot of these articles are like a desensitization. We're going to cover this one in a second here. Where is it? As COVID-19 vaccine nears, employers consider making it mandatory. Employers consider making it mandatory. This was on NPR just recently. And a lot of the type of language that's utilized in these articles are kind of softening people up, desensitizing them, priming them, getting them ready to accept the fact that many big employers, even small ones, are going to require vaccines as a condition for employment and as we get to the solutions part of our video, we're going to talk about ways that we can get around that, ways that we are already ought to be living if we want more freedom, um, in my opinion. Okay, so with Moderna and Pfizer announcing encouraging clinical trial results, the COVID-19 vaccine may become available before the end of the year a long awaited milestone in the coronavirus crisis for some and a source of worry for others. All right. So check out this article. It's pretty thorough. They referenced the New York state bar association recommending that the state do it mandatorily. Uh, also Virginia, the health commissioner said he planned on mandating the vaccine, but a spokeswoman later backed away from that. Uh, and they also referenced the Australia uh, circumstance as well. So that's an aspect that they're leading with here. Um, And now we can see that the federal government. Okay, so there's a question. Can the federal government mandate the vaccine for the general population? And it's pretty much agreed, even though, again, in times of emergency, Constitution gets thrown out. New precedents get set. Right. But I don't think it's going to be carried out at the federal level. Uh, The article even says that cannot happen. There's no powers in the state, uh, in the Constitution for that. However, the state governments do have that power. And as we see, the states do have the authority. And in fact, there have been state-led vaccine uh, compulsion campaigns in the past. There is a Supreme Court case, 1905, Jacobson v. Massachusetts, that was decided by the Supreme Court after there was a smallpox outbreak and people weren't taking their vaccines. And that's the precedent that a whole slew of public health law is, is built upon. Now, recall, Joe Biden said when asked about mandatory vaccines that he would like to work with state governors and local jurisdictions to push for a mandatory vaccine that's his intention so maybe he recognizes the constitutional limits of his office and that he can't issue an executive order for everyone to take a covid vaccine recognizes the appropriate channel is the state uh, the state government right A lot of times I don't even think that it has to be the legislature that passes a law mandating these vaccines. There's a whole lot of emergency law, emergency orders that have given the governor and the executive branch of the state governments the authority to do so. So that's the avenue that the mandatory would take place. But is there political capital for it? Is there political will? Arguably in states like Texas, for example, or Montana, right? There isn't political will or capital for that. But in a state like New York or perhaps California or New Jersey or Connecticut, Massachusetts, perhaps there there is. So maybe we should add to our solutions voting with your feet and getting the hell out of one of these political jurisdictions where there's political capital and will to do such a thing. And so again, the states have the authority to do that. Cities have powers too. In 2019, New York City required people living in four zip codes in Williamsburg, Brooklyn to get the measles vaccine, prove they've already had it or face a $1,000 fine. That was just recently. Now here, the article goes on. Again, this is the the Today article. We'll have all this in the show notes. If you're watching now, I already put most of these links so you can follow along. If you're watching after the fact on the podcast, you'll have those there in the show notes. Can the vaccine be made compulsory for certain groups of people? Yes, health workers are the classic example. Hospitals often require some staff to get a flu or hepatitis B vaccine. Universities may mandate students, faculty, and staff to be immunized for certain diseases before coming on campus. Schools may have the same requirements for children. Now, here's the other avenue that they're really priming as well. Can an employer fire you if you refuse to get immunized? Yes, with some exceptions. It's perfectly legitimate for an employer to regulate to make the workplace safer. They can certainly fire you if you don't want to follow health and safety rules. Now, if you can't get the vaccine for medical reasons, that could be a disability under the Americans with Disabilities Act, which would require an employer employer to accommodate you. So that would mean, of course, requiring you to wear a mask or be isolated or work from home, which is all part of Great Reset. Can airlines, restaurants, stores and stadiums make the vaccine a condition of doing business with you? Yes. Within the anti-discrimination laws mentioned above, they can decide to refuse service to you for pretty much any reason. No shirt, no shoes, no service, no vaccine, no service. Okay, so that's today. Again, priming us, uh, informing us. It's you know, it's a pretty sad state where we are. Uh, I want to point out this great article I linked to as well. Um, Well, actually, this one right here. This is the New England Journal of Medicine, and essentially it's an overview, vaccine refusal, mandatory immunization, and the risk of vaccine-preventable diseases. And this article goes over some of the history of um, the law and immunization requirements in the U.S. It talks about that 1905 landmark Supreme Court case, Jacobson v. Massachusetts, which it says has served for the foundation of public health laws. Uh, Then it says in the 70s, 60s, and 70s was when a lot more public health mandatory vaccine laws came in through the states, Uh, also more recently requiring immunizations in the schools. This is an article, again, from the New England Journal of Medicine, this time talking about the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine and ensuring uptake, right? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I want to get to the solutions, which is what gets me all excited and which is what's more critical than studying the problem at the end of the day. I like to study problems, study conspiracies in order to better understand them so I can strategize as to how I can disrupt them, how I can insulate myself from them, how I can avoid them, how I can evade them, how I can find freedom for myself and my family. Okay, so this article talks about the first thing that we want to do is have these multiple criteria Uh, when it comes to the COVID vaccine. Again, this is the New England Journal of Medicine. We need to have an advisory committee. We want the FDA to, to be approved. We want there to be an adequate supply of the vaccine. We think that there should be transparent communication about the evidence and the safety. We think the government should put in place support mechanisms for persons required to receive the vaccine. The last criteria is that vaccine mandates are imposed only after a limited trial of voluntary vaccine provision has proved unsuccessful. Principles of public health ethics support trying less burdensome policies before moving to more burdensome ones whenever possible. In this case, the cost of a failed voluntary scheme are sufficiently high that the attempt should be limited to a matter of weeks. You hear that? They're saying first we should try it voluntarily, but if we don't get enough compliance voluntarily, then we need to move to the mandatory stage, and we should only allow that stage to take just a few weeks. State should implement a system for measuring vaccine uptake within each group, high priority group, again, a set of coverage targets, ensuring that the economic and logistic supports described above are in place will ensure maximum chance of success. All right. Now, here is the section that where the rubber meets the road for the purpose of our our conversation here. Although state vaccination mandates are usually tied to school and daycare entry, that approach is not appropriate for SARS-CoV-2 because children won't be a high-priority group. Now, that defies what a lot of of these same public health people are saying about keeping schools closed, of course. In addition, state mandates should not be structured as compulsory vaccination, absolute requirements. Instead, noncompliance should incur a penalty. Nevertheless, because of the infectiousness and dangerousness of the virus, relatively substantive penalties could be justified, including employment suspension or stay-at-home orders for persons in designated high-priority groups who refuse vaccination. Neither, now this is a big line here, neither fines nor criminal penalties should be used, however, fines disadvantage the poor, and criminal penalties invite legal challenges on procedural due process grounds, both bad public health policy for a COVID-19 vaccine because they may stoke distrust without improving intake. So this is essentially what the plan is, what the program is, what the paradigm is. They don't want to make it mandatory. They don't want to make criminal penalties because then they would have to deal with it in courts. And maybe it would be found that they're stretching their authority. But in most instances, they're not even stretching their authority. If you want to make some common law or go back with some deeper constitutional foundations for law, then yes, these are unlawful, unconstitutional edicts and orders oftentimes carried out through executive decree. Right. It's not law through the legislature, which has a whole huge precedence. Right. So, however, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter. Uh, because the courts, because the enforcement arms, because the general public accepts that if it's the law, it's the law or whatever. So that's how far that we've come. They don't want to do it through those channels. They're just going to try to use this social engineering compulsion program. Okay. And as we discussed, as these articles discussed, again, there's an element of priming the pump, desensitizing, getting the general public ready to accept that their employer will soon say, hey, If you can't take this vaccine, this is our new policy. They work it out through their legal team, HR, then you are going to, we're going to have to terminate you. Um, They are going to start leveraging these mechanisms. The employment, um, eventually it'll be children in school when the vaccine's more widely available because they're not a high priority. Uh, Airlines, we already see uh, Qatar, or I forget what the name of it is. I think it's an Indian airline. They are going to be, working with Common pass in order to require vaccine or immuniza- immunization records, right? This is what Bill Gates talked about early on with the immunity passports, the digital immunity certificates, right? Also, like United and some other airline conglomerations are testing out Common Pass, which is a COVID immunity passport that more than likely will be on a cell phone app. Eventually, this all gets tied into a blockchain digital identity, right, with wearable biometrics or implantable RFID chips or micro needle quantum dot tattoos technology out of Rice University. That was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. You're going to have to show a green light on your Common Pass. Common Pass. There's also Pass and other competitors vying for dominance with this technology, but it's the World Economic Forum they're behind the Great Reset. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which everyone knows now and the role that they're playing, they're like the modern day Rockefeller Foundation, but it's okay because their buddies at the Rockefeller Foundation are also supporting Common Pass. That should be the technology that we also see Ticketmaster in California experimenting with, requiring a Common Pass COVID immunity green light before you can enter a concert venue. This has already been rolled out in China very rapidly which the World Health Organization was all enamored with them for their ability to roll this out. Also, Singapore, the UK is experimenting with it. Australia and New Zealand most certainly will roll this out, and we will soon see it rolled out all across the West and the United States of America. That will be stadiums, big public buildings, maybe even malls, airlines, public transportation, on down the line. So where does that leave us? What are we going to do about it? Well, it's all about solutions. The, let me tell you about the Great Reset real quick. Speaking of the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset essentially is a marketing initiative. It's a campaign in order to further and smoothly roll out this great transformation and the way that human beings relate to one another and the way that humans relate with the environment and the relationship between government and business, the relationship between government and the individual and the relationship between human and technology. Great Reset aims to essentially create a futuristic dystopian society where there's smart cities, where there's 5G transponders and information gathering, where you have the Internet of Things. Everything's interconnected. Every human being is tracked, cataloged, traced from birth. Uh, they try to make it seem like it's for environmental benefits and to help poverty, but in reality, we see really what they're going for. They want to eliminate private property. This is in the World Economic Forum's own language. They also want to usher in the fourth industrial revolution, which they believe is inevitable. Maybe it is inevitable, but the manner that the way that they want to bring it about is all about control and a panopticon surveillance society. The fourth industrial revolution is the merging of biology and human beings. Okay. And so this paradigm is being rolled out right now. It's not, the goal is 2030. This all ties in with the Agenda 21, which later was rebranded as the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. Again, very populist, not really populist, like Trump populism, right? But like this veneer as though it's the catch pajamas and it's here to help us. And we need these oligarchs to hold our hand because we've been naughty human beings destroying the planet and each other, right? Right. Uh, Agenda 21, sustainable development goals have that same thing. This is all being ushered in. The big time goal is for this to be rolled out in 2030. So the next decade is going to be a period of great transformation. We are going to participate in having a greater reset, right? A better transformation towards decentralization, peace, mutually beneficial, voluntary associations, permaculture, right? But this is the system and the paradigm that they want to create. So regardless of the mandatory vaccine or the social engineering around the vaccines, we ought to be opting out of these systems and institutions anyway, right? I always talk about this duality when I'm speaking about freedom cells. There's two benefits to freedom cells. Freedom cells are this decentralized peer-to-peer mutual aid group. We're going to talk about more here in a second. One of them is a defensive posture, a reactionary posture, where we're utilizing this peer-to-peer mutual aid structure in order to opt out, circumvent, protect, and insulate ourselves from the great reset, from the technocracy that's coming out. Technocracy is ruled by technology and experts. That's what the great reset is. That's the governing structure of the great reset. It's a technocracy. And so we want to opt out. We want to trade in the agora. We want to be self-employed. We want to be entrepreneurs. We want to be in the freedom cell as a defensive posture. But also because that's a better way for us to live anyway, that's more in line with our sovereign nature as human beings. That doesn't allow oligarchs and tyrants and greedy, evil people to leverage the resources of everyone in a political jurisdiction in order to further their own nefarious goals. So that's just the same when it comes to these mandatory vaccines, we're going to have to start figuring out how to opt out, how to support one another, how to defend one another. Okay, so the three things that I talked about in relation to this social engineering of the vaccines is to, one, work towards being an entrepreneur or working with a company that is owned and controlled by like-minded people that are with it, that are, they pause for the cause. They know that there is a, nasty conspiracy taking place. They know that much of the COVID stuff is contrived, exaggerated, and whether it's real or not, or whether we should be concerned about it or not, they recognize that it is in fact being leveraged by some pretty sinister people to do some pretty sinister things, right? Entrepreneurship. We need to further, we need to continue, we need to accelerate The development and the participation in agoras, right? A lot of people are familiar with agorism, revolutionary market anarchism. The word agorism or agorism comes from the Greek word agora, which is an open-air market. We need to really lean in on creating more agoras. Networks of free people trading with one another voluntarily. Ideally, without the state having a say in it or having a piece of the pie. right? And finally, freedom cells. We need to start defending one another, engaging in mutual aid, leveraging the freedom cell network in order to create this society where we can opt out, where we they don't allow us in the grocery store. We haven't been going to the grocery store for quite some time. We have been doing our own thing. We've been trading amongst ourselves in our own decentralized uh, agoras. Okay, so I'm going to talk about those three things for the duration of the video. So uh, entrepreneurship, man, there's so many benefits to it. I did a video in one of the more recent podcasts, I think it was the last podcast that I published where I spoke more about the benefits of entrepreneurship when it comes to freedom. And I touched on this aspect, how you can't have your employment, your income dangled over your head, right? I'm a father of two. Were, if my income were to be threatened, I mean, I wouldn't comply with the vaccine thing. I would just figure something else out. But even folks that are in the know or that follow high wire with Dell Big Tree and they haven't taken the time to prepare and plan for this. And all of a sudden they're faced with the difficult question of losing their job, maybe having their pension or their their future retirement funds put at risk. They either have to lose the job and not take the vaccine or keep the job and take the vaccine. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be faced with that difficult question. So it's imperative for us to recognize that now. And like I said earlier, the benefit of understanding the plans of these evildoers is so that we can act strategically, so that we can preemptively figure stuff out. And that time is now because the vaccine is going to start getting rolled out in the next month or two it's going to start with like healthcare workers probably, and then maybe low income folks or African-American communities or marginalized communities or whatever. But eventually it's going to be widely available for big companies, big corporations with big HR departments. They don't want to have the liability. They don't want their workforce to be out sick. Even though again, a lot of it's, totally exaggerated and really targets a very specific population. And there's outliers that the media seems to just pump out all these huge stories. When there's an outlier, like a 25 year old that gets sick, that's in perfect health. Yeah, it happens, but it doesn't happen as often as you would think because the media amplifies it. Cause the media is a bunch of propaganda and misinformation, but you can't blame these companies. These companies aren't deep state researchers or hip to what the hell really going on here. They are just going along to get along to, to, please the shareholders and to avoid an outbreak in their company that would force them to lose profit and have all sorts of problems. Right. I mean, you gotta, I try my best to be compassionate for folks. um, Like even people in my family, for example, and people that are just really buying this hook line and sinker. Um, And again, there are some vulnerable people and there are people that have lost people to covid Perhaps COVID alone, but oftentimes other pre existing conditions. So I try to be compassionate. You know, think about running a big company and you've been growing for the past 10 years and you've been putting in record profits and everything's going great. And all of a sudden, this COVID crisis hits and you're forced to close your doors and the economy contracts. Shareholders are pissed. People are laid off. On top of that, as you open up, you're required to comply with all sorts of regulations from the county health department, you're required to invest all sorts of money and funds and resources and time and training into cleaning and washing the surfaces and installing the, all this and avoiding that and changing this policy that you've had. People are freaking fed up with this and over it. And if they're given the false sense of security that this vaccine being rolled out is all of a sudden going to be some sort of panacea that will they can get things bit to back to business as usual, not have to invest a month on freaking hand sanitizer and policies and hiring the consultants. So they don't, their staff doesn't get sick. They're going to roll with that. They're going to do whatever they can in order to reach that paradigm. The sad thing is the paradigm is completely going to change because all this great reset stuff, right? We're not going back to the way things used to be. There's going to be a new normal air quotes for the podcast audience and me and my crew and my friends and the awakened family, true woke people. We're going to create our own new normal, right? And this all has a lot to do with that. So you don't want to find yourself facing that position. Entrepreneurship has many benefits. You have more freedom. It's difficult. It's trying. There's ups and downs. You essentially, you know, with great freedom comes great responsibility. And with entrepreneurship and running your own business comes a whole lot of responsibility and essentially your ability to starve or to prosper is in your hands. That can simultaneously be liberating. It can simultaneously bring debilitating anxiety, right? Especially if you have kids to feed and stuff. But if you play your cards right, if you take massive action, if you have a good product or service that adds value to your clients, and if you are persistent and you don't give up, you can make it. There's a lot of opportunity right now. And in spite of all the, Well, I mean, I guess the stock market is hitting record highs and stuff, but in spite of all the stuff you'll hear about the economy being terrible, people are still spending money. Money's still moving. So I talk more about entrepreneurship in the podcast. I invite you to listen to the most recent podcast. I also give some tips and some direction and some ideas on where to get started, what market, what niche, do you do something you're passionate about? Do you do something that there's a demand for that you can make money off of? That was the last podcast. Again, entrepreneurship. Not only does it give you freedom in a normal in normal times, right? Like I have the ability to just pack up with my kids and go to Florida to for my girlfriend's birthday to visit her parents and to go to Universal Studios. I have the freedom to do that. I didn't have to take off work. I didn't have to ask. I didn't have to use vacation time. I just did it right. And at the same time, that, was, that month, there was a whole lot more money to be spent because we flew to Florida and had this great time. And we went to Universal Studios. Not having a static salary, I had the ability to say, OK, we got this Florida trip coming up. I need to make this happen. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to put in more effort. I'm going to launch this campaign. I'm going to do this sale. I'm going to make it happen to where. Boom, you just give yourself a freaking raise, even if it lasts for a month or two. The trick is to keep that up and then always have that raise every single month. Right. But you have that freedom as an entrepreneur to I had to do that a whole lot when I went through some big life changes with my family and all of a sudden had a whole lot of money that I had to pay for something. I didn't just sit there and be like, oh, I need to take on a side job, which is something you can do also. I was like, man, I need to accelerate my income in order to make some really important things happen. And I managed to do that, right? Speaking of side income, side hustles, a great transition is to keep the full-time job, right? I'm not advocating for people to go out and quit their jobs tomorrow and just pick up some kind of widget and try to sell it. No, you got to do this strategically, obviously. Nobody's really going to do that. But I mean, nobody's just going to take my word and go quit their job. I know people have a lot of stuff going on. Um, But the thing that you can do That's a lower risk activity is you start the the side hustle, right? Even if you work 35, 40 hours a week, not everyone works 40 hours a week. I guess it's more like 30 or 32. There's still time. You have to shift your lifestyle around. Maybe you wake up early, two hours early every day to work on your side hustle, to build your website, to build your coaching, consulting, to perfect that little widget, to package that little widget that you're all interested in for the past 10 years. That idea that you have in the back of your head, this could really sell, this could work. Right. You wake up two hours early. You work on the weekends. You work when you come home instead of having a beer and watching your favorite television shows or binging on Netflix. Right. You may have to shift your lifestyle for a couple months or a few months as you get this side hustle going. But ideally, you can put yourself in a position where you have your full time job, you have your side hustle. Maybe for some jobs you can take part time work and you still keep half. But eventually you'll reach a phase, a point where you feel more confident in the ability of the side hustle to become the main hustle. And you can drop the full-time job that's corporate, HR, may mandate the vaccine when it's available, and you could lean heavily into the side hustle. Or maybe start two side hustles. One of them isn't doing so well, the other one has more opportunity, whatever. You may reach a point where you can make that calculation that if I were all of a sudden to start throwing 40 hours a week into this gig Instead of 10 hours, I think I could double the revenue I'm bringing in. I think I could triple, quadruple, whatever. Point is, you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you're wholly dependent on your employer in order to make ends meet, in order to feed yourself, house yourself, close yourself, take care of your family. You want to have choices. You want to have opportunities. And it's better, right? What do they say about planting a tree? When's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. Right. That's the first best time. The next best time is right now. When's the best time to have a side hustle or have a side gig or become an entrepreneur? 20 years ago would be the best time. When's the next best time? Right now. Okay. Now, when it comes to side hustles and going it on your own, it really helps to have a community. So I want to turn you guys on to this awesome community of entrepreneurs and agorists. That's been created by this guy named Mike. I don't know his last name, Mike. He's in uh, Oklahoma. We had the privilege of uh, attending the MidFest Liberty Fest where I met this guy, Mike, and he's the brains behind Market. right? So again, the idea is, well, like we shared, the public health authorities, governments, they are going to try to socially engineer a situation where they pressure you, they threaten you. They take away privileges. They take away your ability to fly, to visit your grandma, unless you do the vaccine. So we don't want to be caught in that paradigm. We want to start creating our own system, our own network, our own social organization, our own society, essentially, where we trade amongst ourselves. We're not shutting each other out. We're not trying to compel health activities, medical activities by taking away privileges and stuff. That's a yucky way. It's manipulative. It's disgusting. It's not what we're about. So we build these networks. We build these agoras. There's strength in numbers. We make it easier on us as we transition away from the statist quo, away from the great reset panopticon society, and towards this decentralized, beautiful, spontaneous collection of human beings that do business together, support one another, defend one another, help each other raise their children and and frolic in the woods, tripping on mushrooms and stuff. (laughs) All right. So this is agorist market. And what this is, is a collection and a group of people that are agorists. Again, revolutionary market anarchism, counter-economists. Some of these are mainstream businesses too, but these are like-minded liberty people that want to trade with one another and do business with one another. There's no tracking on this website. There's no cookies, none of that stuff. So let's check it out. So here's what I encourage you to do to help us build this agora. If you have some sort of job that you need done, if you are trying to buy some goods and services, let's make it a point to shop within the community before we shop mainstream. And I myself need to do that. I am guilty of just leveraging the hell out of Amazon because it's so damn simple and I'm so damn busy all the time. But I'm declaring it here. On this broadcast that I'm going to make it a point to shop with more like-minded small businesses. I always try to do small business when I'm out and about in the community. But most things, I probably buy most of the goods that I buy from Amazon right now just because it's so damn convenient. I'll place an Amazon order every other day for something for my business or for my life or whatever. But I'm, I'm, I want you to make that commitment as well. Commit to support your friends first. And if they can't service you, then you get serviced by someone else, a bigger company even if it means you got to spend a little bit more money because there's economies of scales in business, and sometimes the smaller guys have to charge a little bit more in order to make their operation work. I believe that that is a noble cost to pay in order to help us in this effort to grow this agora. First, you can go to the newest ones to see the newest companies. Hey, look at this, Brave Botanicals, mybravebotanicals.com. Sounds like a great place to do business with. I'm just kidding. I was just put on there. um, You email them or you message them on the Telegram group, which has like over 200 or 300 people, and they'll put your listing up. Super simple, doesn't cost any money. You got to do this, but check it out. So let's say that we are okay. I let's say that you just listened to my entrepreneurship talk and you're like, you know what? This guy's making a lot of sense. I think that I should finally make that leap to become an entrepreneur. The first thing I need is a website. Well, first, the first thing is to make a decision. I am going to do this. I am going to set myself up where not only can I earn enough to have a high quality of life and a good standard of living, but I'm going to become an entrepreneur. So I have the freedom to choose how I live my life. So I'm never put in a position where I feel pressured into doing something I don't want to do because my employment is being dangled above my head by NPR and Dr. Fauci. So the first thing is you make that decision. Then you got to come up with an idea. You got to come up with a strategy, marketing and stuff. But eventually you're going to need a website. All right. So let's say that we're in that position. All right. And, you know, John made a lot of sense too, talking about going within the community first. So let's see. I need a website. Maybe there's hosting on this website. All right. Internet services. They should be able to help me. Oh, check it out. Agorishhosting.com. It doesn't get more agorist than that. This is actually who I do my hosting with. Hosting. They host all my websites. Drew Phillips. Du Phillips, I've known the guy for, I don't know, since 2009, 2008. They host all sorts of other websites on uh, in, in the community. Boom, Agris Hosting. You go to them before you go to GoDaddy or Apple or whatever these other ones are. Let's see what else there are. Secure Communications, the finest of privacy-enhancing technologies for professional Internet users. Contraband Joe, Translations and Tutorings. You want to make your website global. Cybersecurity Services. This is, this is what it's all about, folks. You come here to agris.market. You can list your business. You can grow your business. You can buy just regular goods and, uh, and services here. Food and drink. Let's see what we got going here. Contraband Joe coffee. Why not buy your coffee from within the community? There's also Nicole sauce of living free in Tennessee. She's a, and fellow agorist. She's, she sells coffee as well botanicals and healing helping herbs love java she's up in new hampshire so you get the idea we have website there's other ones like that that's just the one that i'm connected with agris.market so again we need to focus on creating our own thing when it comes to just about every service and everything that we do with the government right it's It's getting really bad. And this whole great reset paradigm, if you haven't looked into it, I did a recent podcast. James Corbett has some good work. It's real. It's happening. It's was all of this stuff was already in the works. Like Agenda 21 is from 1992. These insiders, as some people call them, have been conspiring for over 100 years to create a totalitarian global government. Right. And that whole history can be traced, too, with the secret society groups and the roundtable groups and the Cecil Rhodes Scholarship, all that stuff. Lord Alfred Milner. That's taking place. It's accelerated, and now the technology is available in order to genuinely bring about this, this situation where the powers that be are omnipresent. They're everywhere. They're omniscient. They know everything, and they're omnipotent. They're all-powerful because they've taken away people's ability to resist. Like, Thank God there's firearms In the United States of America, we would probably be like Australia and New Zealand right now, which are hardcore totalitarian. So we got to build those networks. Less time scrolling on Facebook. I need to take that advice as well. More time building, organizing, networking. If you have an employer, you could go ahead and check in with your employer. Hey, so hey there, Mr. Seidelberger. Uh, what's uh, what are you guys thinking you're going to be doing with the uh, COVID-19 vaccine? Uh, you guys thinking about uh, requiring us to, to take it? Hmm? Hmm? Not that I would have a problem with that or anything. <laughs> oh, please, God, don't mandate it. I don't have anything to do to feed my family. That's the situation we're in, but we don't have to be in that situation. We can go through entrepreneurship. We can build the agora with places like Market, And finally... Holistically, we can go ahead and begin to relate, organize, do business with, do life with, buy properties with, buy homesteads with, hang out with, defend, support one another. And we have an organization, a network really, that does just that. It's called the Freedom Cell Network. It's a network of individuals that are organized into small groups spread all across the globe. When I started doing this Live Free Now show again, I would be all excited like, oh my God, we're about to have 2,000 people that are participating in the Freedom Cell Network. That was like five months ago, six months ago. Now there's over 7,000 people spread all across the globe. These are all people that are of like mind, that are aware of some of the dark things that are being rolled out, some of the dark things that are planned, and more importantly, not only are they conscious, because bear in mind the masses and most people aren't even capable of grasping these concepts or c- comprehending them, let alone having the desire to fight against them or work against them. But these people are, are not only aware, more importantly, they're solutions oriented and they're working together and networking together. So The Freedom Cell Network you can go to freedomcells.org, freedomcells.org, that's C-E-L-S-L-L-S, C-E-L-L-S, like the cells in your body. And you can join. And one of the cool features of the website is it has a member map. So you sign up, you list your email, your name, you can make up a name if you want. A lot of people have aliases. You put skills that you have to offer and things that you're looking for that you want to link up with people for. And then you can put yourself on a member map. You can use the Some people use their house address, but you can use the park down the road or the coffee shop down the road. And then you're able to see if there's other people of like mind that are looking to network with other people of like mind and do cool stuff. If There's any folks like that in your area or if there's already an existing cell in your area. okay? there's a whole lot of people. There's a whole lot of people that are organized. And these are people that are going to support one another. These are people that are supporting one another. These are folks that are getting together and going to the gun range together. These are folks that are buying bulk ammunition because they share the same common caliber of their firearm. These are folks that are doing perma blitzes and taking a weekend to go to someone's property and build gardens on the side of the house. And then the homeowner makes them dinner and they all engage in community. These are folks that are having regular meetups. This is happening real deal. And again, the importance of this is more important than ever. Not only because we ought to live this way anyway, decentralized, voluntary relationships, not coercive, not being forced into an abusive relationship and having to stay there whether we like it or not. That's not a way that human beings should live on a private sense with a relationship or in a public sense with a society and government, right? You're forced and coerced into participating. But right now it's really important because we see what is coming down the pike. We see not only with this vaccine agenda, but with all sorts of other stuff. But this video has been focused on the vaccine. So, again, what the program is, there will be political jurisdictions throughout the world that require mandatorily a vaccine, right? Maybe New York State, maybe Australia. I don't know. But most places are going to, most places and most institutions are going to roll out a social engineering campaign and program whereby. They threaten to take away privileges, air quotes for the podcast audience, privileges. They threaten to take away your livelihood. They threaten to take away your ability to live life as usual unless you do what they tell you. And what they tell you is to take an experimental mRNA vaccine that was rushed through testing where, as we covered before, the manufacturers are exempted from liability. They want to pressure you to do this. So you can do one of two things. You can freak out. You can whine and cry about it on Facebook. You can scream at the top of your lungs with anger that we could get to such a place. Or you can take life into your own hands. You can take responsibility for your circumstances. And you can change the way you do business, you can change the source of your income. You can choose who you engage in business with, who you do business with to fulfill your common wants and needs. You can shift away from the status quo, away from the Walmarts, away from the Amazons, even myself. And you can do more business with your fellow agorists, your fellow liberty lovers, your fellow conspiracy theorists, your fellow crypto freaks, do business with these guys first. And on top of that, if you are down, I would like to invite you, the listener, the viewer, to join us in the Freedom Cell Network. I really think that there is a wonderful opportunity to create something better, a better way for humans to relate to one another better way for human beings which are a social animal to organize themselves socially that's more in line with our inherent sovereignty as free beautiful human beings and it's not about controlling other people it's not about compelling or coercing other people to do things they don't want to do it's just about human beings working together to create a better world and to improve their own circumstances so all those three things i think are wonderful solutions that we can all utilize in our lives, that we ought to be utilizing if we value freedom and sovereignty, ought to be doing these things. So I invite you to do them. I invite you to do them with me. There's links to all the articles that we talked about in the show notes. There's links to agris.market. You can go to the last podcast if you want some tips on how to start a business, where to focus on, some tips on marketing and sales. And finally, join us at the Freedom Cell Network, freedomcells.org alrighty this is John Bush signing out peace and freedom thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Live Free Now Show I'm out